What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Lovely Rita, meet a maid, nothing can come between us. When it gets dark, I tow your heart away. Well, just a little bit ago, President Trump came out swinging. And he was at the NRA, the National Rifle Association's annual meeting, where it looked like a lot of the current and would-be potential presidential candidates were. Uh, Some of them were remote, many of them in person, because they know that that's an important base on the GOP side. And President Trump clearly got the biggest reaction, huge loud cheers, Uh, Many people standing ovation, of course, when he walked in. He was clearly the dominant force at the NRA. Now, is that a sign of his leading in the polls? And do you think that will continue? Because there have been a number of cases of late. We know that yesterday he testified in the Letitia James Attorney General of New York case. That is the case against Trump also the Trump Organization, also three of his family members. We also know things are heating up, apparently, in the special prosecutor, the Jack Smith case. That's the classified documents. And we also know, of course, he's still dealing with Alvin Bragg. And later on in the hour, we're going to talk also about Alvin Bragg, because next week he and his record on crime, or lack thereof of fighting crime in New York and allowing repeat offenders to kind of keep going back out on the streets. We're going to be talking about that because that is going to be front row and center definitely next week with the hearings that are happening on New York all over the city. We're going to be seeing a couple of hearings that are taking place in particular with the House Judiciary Committee led by Jim Jordan. And there's already a war of words in the last few hours Heating up, certainly, between Bragg and some of his supporters and also, of course, Jim Jordan on the House side. And a number of people who are planning to testify say they can't wait. They can't wait to share their story of what they feel has been just a revolving door of justice in New York. Meantime, President Trump really got a rousing, rousing applause when he came out swinging at the National Rifle Association uh, annual meeting. Now, this is, of course, an emotional meeting. There's no doubt about it when you think about the timing of this. This has come after, obviously, these horrible recent mass shootings that took place in Tennessee and, of course, in Louisville, Kentucky. So there's always a question, okay, well, how is the person going to be handling it? What are they going to be saying? How do they basically define their message and say, okay, well, we stand, you know, behind the Second Amendment because clearly they're all very much pro-Second Amendment. And yet, on the other hand, also address other issues such as mental issues, such as cultural issues. There's a lot of questions here 
on how do we fix this problem that clearly is plaguing America. I don't think it's smart for anybody to say, oh, it isn't happening. It clearly is happening. There are clearly all these recent shootings that have just been horrible. Um, Later on in the hour, we're also going to be talking later on in the show about the Louisville shooting, Um, some amazing details about some of the history of that individual who opened fire on his colleagues at the bank. And also some of the heroism, even more details about just the incredible heroism of the Louisville police officers, because their stories are just amazing of what they did. And we're getting more and more details about that young cop who today is still fighting for his life um, after charging the gunman there. So there's a lot of stuff on the table. Um, and it's interesting. It's a fine sort of tightrope of how to deal with it, especially when you're with the NRA, because they do not want any reductions in, you know, in their gun privileges and their Second Amendment rights. And clearly, President Biden has made going after especially assault rifles almost one of his number one priorities. You know, I should say that after climate change. Climate change is like the first. Doesn't matter how much it's going to cost. We're all going to have to get electric vehicles. Whether we want it or not, they're going to shove it down our throats. I'm telling you, it's like that's a whole other issue. And, boy, I was talking about that a lot earlier today. But, you know, the issue, too, with assault rifles, we keep hearing from the Democrats. Everything is, you know, no more rifles, no more this, no more that. They seem to not want to talk about the mental history. They seem to not want to talk especially about hardening schools, hardening banks. And I'm talking about adding security guards, uh, extra locks, extra cameras, but especially people with training in weapons, whether it is sort of uh, like an air marshal type in a school or an air marshal, arm, air marshal type at a bank or other locations. The Democrats just don't want to do that. And I contend tonight that we have to really talk about everything. You can't just sit there and say, okay, well, we're going to get rid of assault rifles. And then you're going to go, well, wait a minute. That person keeps getting back out on the streets. Alvin Bragg keeps allowing people to come back out on the streets. You know, people like these soft on crime DAs like Alvin Bragg that are sponsored with George Soros money, that they keep coming back out on the streets. And so because of all of that, you know, it's it's all so political. You have to remember, too, the Democrats had power. They had, obviously, their own House and their own Senate. They led them both. They had the chance to pass assault weapons ban, and they didn't. They didn't do it. They could have had carte blanche almost at that point, and they didn't do it. So why do they wait to do it now? That's why there is a lot of politics on this. And every time I hear them go, well, this, 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 and then even in the same breath, We heard President Biden basically say, we will not make our schools prison. He made it very clear that he will literally only talk about assault weapons ban, but won't talk about anything to harden schools. I mean, that was astounding to me. Like, it's like off the table. Why would you put anything off the table? I mean, I want to hear your thoughts tonight. What are the solutions for some of these mass shootings? And especially as so many of the GOP candidates are addressing the NRA And saying to them that gun rights will remain intact, that they will not see any ban. That's what they're pledging, of course, to the folks there. That's what the NRA certainly wants to hear. But they're also saying, here are some other solutions. Here are some things we can talk about. What do you think are realistic solutions? I contend everything should at least be discussed. Because how is anything ever going to get fixed? If at one point you hear, you know, the GOP 
saying, well, we're not going to talk about any of the gun issues. And then on the other hand, we're clearly hearing the Democrats, they won't even talk about hardening schools. I contend, and I've always said this to you guys, that I feel like it isn't really a gun control issue. It is a thug control issue. I mean, unless you say we're going to make sure that there are serious repercussions for people who commit crimes, they're just going to keep doing it over and over again. It's like a little kid who puts their finger on a hot stove. If they keep touching it and they don't get burned, they're just going to keep on going. And if they suddenly realize, well, wait a minute, there will be serious punishment, then they won't commit crimes, whether it's a gun crime or whether it's pushing somebody on the subway like in New York or whether it's some of these crazy cases. There have been some real loony kazoonies of late. And it's actually really scary because there have been some really unstable people that continue to be out there on the streets. We see it on all the biggest streets of America. Uh, whether you're talking about L.A., you're talking about Memphis, you're talking about Chicago, you're talking about, you know, St. Louis, Pennsylvania. There have been a lot of these cases of late. And clearly, these people are not getting addressed. They are not getting, A, either the help they need, family members, parents, a lot of people have to step in. But they're also, guess what? They're not also getting forced to be committed. And when they do go before the justice system, they seem to just get a slap on the wrist from these soft on crime DAs. And they say, oh, not my problem. Not my problem. Well, it is your problem. They were before you. You could have kept them locked up for the rest of society. And at some point, we need to say these people have to be held accountable. Because even if you were to get rid of whatever all the assault rifles out there, that doesn't explain these crazy cases of somebody stabbing somebody. It doesn't explain somebody pushing somebody on a subway. It doesn't explain a lot of these other issues that we have seen of late. So we do have to be realistic about an honest conversation. And I am all for, I actually have talked about hardening schools. When I went to school, I didn't have to worry about it. But it's a different time right now. It wasn't that long ago, but it was a while ago. And we never thought about it, but we do have to think about it now. And we got to protect our kids. We got to protect people when they go to the bank to go to work that day. That's what happened in Louisville. The guy was afraid of being fired. He was about to be fired, and he suddenly snapped. And now, you know, when you look at the history, sometimes in that case, there was some problems with mental issues, but not a lot. They believe maybe he had concussions also when he was playing football. We're going to get into that in a moment because that's a whole other interesting layer. Uh, But when you look at some of these others, the writing was on the wall that these people had serious problems over and over again. The family knew it. In some cases, they had been psychiatrically evaluated. Some cases, they even had a juvenile record. Uh, so why the heck are we letting those people out? Why are we not even discussing that? That, to me, is an obvious issue, too. But the Democrats don't want to discuss it. It's all guns, 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 guns. It is a one-trick pony. And I contend we will never solve the problem if they are not open to saying, well, wait a minute, maybe we should really check the mental health of these individuals. Maybe we should also lock them up if they commit a crime. Because just like the broken windows theory, if they commit something small, you know it's going to keep going if you don't stop. 99% of the people, you look at the track record, it's there, it's obvious, it's blaring, it's like a neon sign. So we have to address it all. So here was President Trump just a little bit ago. He was at the NRA convention, and he was speaking to them there in Indianapolis. Take a listen. And this is what he said, and he vowed if he becomes president again. 
On day one of my new term, I will stop Joe Biden's war on lawful gun owners. It's a war. And he also said this about the mass shootings. This is what's making all the headlines tonight. Take a listen. Our country has been chock full of guns for centuries, and there was no talk of massacres of schoolchildren until around the year 2000. That's when it really started. They started talking about it. This is not a gun problem. This is a mental health problem. This is a social problem. This is a cultural problem. This is a spiritual problem. So what do you say to that? President Trump says it is not a gun problem, the mass shootings. Quote, this is a mental health problem. This is a social problem. It's a cultural problem. It's a spiritual problem. And when we come back, we're going to take your calls. What is the solution? And do you agree with me that the Democrats are just sort of one trick pony and they are playing politics when they won't even Look at the idea of armed teachers, armed guards, armed police. All things should at least be discussed. I mean, I'm not sure about teachers unless they have training, but I'm all for these retired cops out there, uh, often, you know, veterans out there. I mean, you think you send somebody over to Iraq or Afghanistan, some of these tough spots, um, and now they're looking for work, maybe a second job or a cop who certainly all these people who have had great training know how to handle a firearm, are responsible, are aware how to do it. You make sure that obviously kids or nobody else has access to it. Certainly, that's for sure. But think about it. In the case especially of the Nashville shooter, it has been said that according to reports, that shooter was planning to go to another school. But then that school had a guard outside, and they realized it was a little tough, and then they went to another school. If that's what it takes to save our kids or save somebody again in a bank or things like that, we have to look at everything. Are Democrats playing politics by being one trick pony? And is President Trump right when he says it's not a gun problem? It is a mental health, social, cultural, spiritual problem. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show on this Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Great Friday night. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And we are talking about President Trump coming out swinging at the NRA. Just a little bit ago, and he got a rousing applause. Of course, he is by far the leading candidate on the GOP side running for president right now. By the way, if you haven't heard, just a few hours ago, Mike Pompeo, um, who I've interviewed a number of times. We've had him often on Cats and Cosby, which is the show I host 5 p.m. on 77 WABC with the great John Katsimatidis. And Mike Pompeo, uh, certainly as somebody who knows foreign policy, knows about national security, 
um, terrific guy. Um, and a lot of people were surprised that he decided he is not going to run in 2024. Uh, so that is really interesting. And just a few hours ago, by the way, Biden on the flip side said he's going to run in 2024. So I'm not sure if anybody's saying, please run, Biden, please. Uh, even Democrats right now, it's a third of the Democrats are saying he should run again. And he's the sitting president of the United States. It's just crazy. It is just crazy. But Trump clearly on the GOP side is getting arousing applause uh, from a very supportive audience there at the NRA because he has been a big supporter of the NRA and Second Amendment rights. What do you think of his statement? Basically, again, that it is not a gun problem, these mass shootings that we're seeing. He says it is a mental health, it is a social problem, and it is a lot more. And in fact, Here's cut 23. Here's a little bit more from Trump on that point on what he thinks needs to be done to stop the mass shootings that are clearly plaguing America. To convene an independent outside panel to investigate whether transgender hormone treatments and ideology increase the risk of extreme depression, aggression, and even violence. I think most of us already know the answer, don't we? Furthermore, we have to look at whether common psychiatric drugs as well as genetically engineered cannabis and other narcotics are causing psychotic breaks a lot of problems we're having problems that we've never seen before and people sort of think they understand why we must also be much better at detecting warning signs of evil disturbed young men like the one who murdered colleagues in louisville we cannot rest until we get to the bottom of all of the sickness that we're seeing in our country And by the way, it clearly is an enormous issue. And clearly, Democrats and Republicans, all Americans, we got to figure out why are these shootings happening over and over again, whether it's in schools or in workplaces. We absolutely do have to get to the bottom of it. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Are the Democrats just playing politics by every time saying, well, let's get rid of assault rifles. Let's do that. Let's fix the problem that way. By the way, as all of you guys know, I always look at social media posts that you guys comment and send stuff to me. Always really fascinating. I learn from you when you call in. I learn from you when you send me also tweets at Rita Cosby. One of you sent this in, statistics for 2019. This is interesting. Rifles of the shootings that took place, the murders that took place in 2019 uh, by weapon. 364 were rifles, shotguns, 200, other guns, 3,000, knives and others, 1,500, blunt objects, 400, personal weapons like hands, fists, feet, uh, almost 600. So double the amount of rifles. It's a really interesting statistic. And again, objects like knives, many, many more than rifles for killings that take place in 2019. Obviously, when there's a mass shooting, it makes a lot of headlines. Obviously, many killed all at once. So there is something to certainly be discussed about. But it's interesting. How would stopping assault rifles solve some of these other ones that are sadly happening in this country, too? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Dom in Minnesota, Line 3. Dom, your thoughts about this? 
Rita, any unnecessary loss of life, especially kids, is tragic. Absolutely. Not only for those near and dear to the victims, but also for the country as a whole, because we are losing the future population. But the first things that the liberals think about is to use the tragedy to consolidate their power. So look at look at our neighbor, Canada. They tried to ban rifles, but they killed that bill because their own liberal friends were against it. So banning guns is a government's first step to force us to eat bugs because of climate change. That's the way they're thinking. So the Second Amendment is what keeps our country unique in terms of the freedoms the people enjoy. And the problem for the elites and the liberals are free people are the hardest to govern. And that's the problem with people hung up on power and willing to do anything to keep it, even straight into the Constitution. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYC. Just like Nancy Pelosi tore up Trump's speech. Well, and, and, you know, Dom, you bring up some interesting points because a lot of this is sort of the control. And, and we can't forget uh, Beto O'Rourke, who's flipped and flopped on this. But remember, at one point, he's like, we're coming basically to your house and get your guns. Uh, that's not going to stand in America. That ain't going to work. We're going to continue your calls after the break. Thank you, Dom. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we get to honor our great men and women in law enforcement and their families, a beautiful story of great efforts by the state police coming from Berkeley Springs, West Virginia where a state police trooper is credited with helping get an unresponsive child to a hospital where that child was later revived. West Virginia State Police Trooper Sergeant R.R. Cervera, what a great name, R.R. Cervera, I love it, uh, was sitting along Interstate 81 when a vehicle pulled over in front of him and a female passenger ran out towards him pleading for help. She was clearly worried and very distraught. The woman told the sergeant that her three-year-old son was suddenly unresponsive in his car seat. So upon assessing the situation, the trooper positioned the woman and her child in his cruiser and immediately rushed them over to the medical center where troopers said the child was revived by medical personnel several minutes later. The child was then admitted to the hospital and thankfully the little three-year-old boy is now in stable condition and is expected to make a full recovery. What a great, great story and how important that that trooper was there at the right time. And thank goodness for that mom and, of course, for the little three-year-old boy. And bravo to all of our great men and women in law enforcement for all the incredible work that they do every single day. Well, clearly, President Trump is a big supporter of law enforcement. You never hear him say, defund the police. That's something that will never come out of his mouth. And he was at the National Rifle Association, the big annual meeting that took place in Indianapolis. And it was a big, big, you know, uh, lots of folks were coming there. 
Um, thousands upon thousands were there in a very, very spacious hall, and he got a rousing applause. And he also said that nothing ever will cause him to reduce the Second Amendment, that there is no doubt that gun rights will be intact if he becomes president again in the United States. And, of course, he says last time he preserved them, and he said when he becomes the 47th president of the United States, uh, nobody will touch gun rights whatsoever. Take a listen. This is what he's told the NRA just a little bit ago. Radical left barbarians who are trying to burn down every right and every liberty that we hold so dear. The next time we have power, Congress has to step up and stop this Marxist revolution in its tracks. We have a Marxist revolution going on, and I think you're starting to see it. And everybody and their brother was there talking to the NRA because, of course, if you want to get the GOP nomination for president and get support of Republican voters, uh, you definitely have to be talking to the NRA. It is a very, very important and strong group in the Republican Party. So in addition to Trump, I mean, everybody was addressing the crowd. Um, You know, Kirsty Nome, of course, the governor of South Dakota, uh, former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson, uh, Nikki Haley, uh, Tim Scott, Ron DeSantis also addressed the crowd. Um, also, uh, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, who I mentioned, he has dropped out of the race. He said he's not running. He hasn't announced yet, but everybody thought he was going to be in the race. He delivered some pre-recorded videos, as did some of the others, but a number of them were there in front. They know they got to address that crowd. And Mike Pence got a, well, a not uh, not a very happy response from the crowd. And it's not because he's not a supporter of the Second Amendment. He clearly is a supporter of the Second Amendment. It's because this crowd loves Trump, and they obviously feel disconcerted with uh, the vice president, the former vice president, because of the way things were handled on January 6th. It's very interesting. It was really a moment, and everyone's talking about this because Here is Mike Pence when he was there at the NRA. Take a listen, just a few hours ago. I love you, too. Hey, at least he had a good sense of humor about it. They were booing him there. And then he spoke about his strong support of the Second Amendment, which, again, he has always been devoted to the NRA. But, of course, this crowd clearly loved President Trump. Take a listen. With your support, the Trump-Pence administration championed freedom for four remarkable years. And every single day, we stood without apology for the Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. And President Trump, in an interesting moment, also applauded and thanked Pence and called him a good man. Take a listen. And uh, if you take a look, this week's morning console poll, I led the field by 33 points with Trump 56, DeSantis 23, Pence 5. I hope you gave Pence a good, uh, warm approval. Because, no, because he is, a, he is a nice man, if you want to really know the truth. He is. He's a good man. Uh, And I heard it was very rough. It's a big news story. You've made news today. I don't know what you did, but you made news today with with the introduction you gave. And uh, 
Nikki Haley, it's another, it's a beauty. She's at four, and Abbott's at one. I don't think Abbott's going to run. Very interesting. I mean, you heard him say he is going to be a take-no-prisoners approach. But he did say that Pence is a very nice man, which indeed he is, by the way. And he's been a big supporter of the Second Amendment. And then Trump also said this climate right now of radical left, all they want to focus on is going after the guns, gun control, gun control, gun control, and that they are missing the mark on not focusing also on mental health, not focusing for sure on securing schools and thinking of ways to, quote, harden schools. Listen to how he said he has been battling what he calls the crazy left for some time. For seven years, all of us here today have been engaged in an epic struggle against the corrupt forces and communist maniacs. And they're all over the place. (laughs) That are absolutely trying to destroy our country. They want to take away your guns while throwing open the jailhouse doors and releasing bloodthirsty criminals into your communities. They want to abolish your borders and impoverish your families while spending your money on endless and very, very stupid foreign wars. They want to demonize patriots and persecute Christians while pushing the transgender cult on your children. Children turn 25 and they say, who did this to me? Who did this to me? How did you let this happen? They want to weaponize and interfere with our elections through the use of the DOJ, the FBI, and local attorney generals and district attorneys. That's happening to me, but we're doing very well. Thank you. You could tell he said nothing is going to stop him from running. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Again, he says mass shootings are not, quote, a gun problem. It is a mental health problem a societal problem, a spiritual problem. And some of these drugs that kids are taking and adults certainly need to be looked into as well. What are your thoughts about this? And are the Dems playing politics by only going after the guns and not talking about anything else? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Norm. Line two, your thoughts, Norm. Hi, Rita. Yes, I'm a benefactor, life member of the NRA, which is the highest level one could achieve. Um, I'm very thankful that President Trump came to our national convention. I should have been there, but I didn't go because I had to work. Um, I Look, my solution is a national marshal service for all schools, all buildings similar to what we have in government buildings and schools here in New York City. Uh, If I want to go to the Department of Health, for example, I have to go through a full security to pick up a birth certificate, for example. I remember I did it. And uh, so let me ask you, Norm, why why do you think the Democrats are so opposed to, you know, and, and it really struck me. And I think, Norm, you and I even may have talked about this right after Biden came out with after the last shooting in Nashville. First of all, he laughed about ice cream, which was the weirdest thing first. Remember, that was the weirdest moment. Then he gets to the shooting. And then he also said, our schools will not become prisons. Like at the same breath where he says, we're going to do gun control, but we're not going to become prisons. Like, in other words, we're going to go after guns, but we will not harden schools. I thought that that was very just clear because that that is what he thinks. Um, and I think he is completely missing the mark by not thinking about 
hiring. As I mentioned, there's a lot of like great veterans out there who would love to have maybe a second job protecting a school. What a great honor to be protecting our precious resources, the most important, our kids. What about also, you know, cops, retired cops? A lot of them would love a second job right now, especially in this crazy economy. Thank you, President Biden. Well, a lot of them would love a second job so they could get, you know, do it by protecting schools. He won't talk about it. And many people on the left will not talk about that. What do you think of that, Norman? Why is that? Why is there like this this brick wall? There's like a there's a wall. They won't put a wall at the border, but they'll put a wall on the discussion of what they'll bring into schools and what they won't. The reason why they're doing it is because it would work. Because if because if it's been proven in foreign countries like Israel, where you cannot go into a bank without an armed security guard, there it's been proven in our airports which uh, you don't have crime in the airports. It's been proven on every airplane. Uh, when you go on an airplane, you know you're safe because there's, there's an armed air marshal on there. Uh, it's, uh, it would work. It would take what, you know, they are, they're fooling Americans by making them think that this is that, you know, it's the guns, and it's not the guns. It's, uh, it's a lack of security. It's a lack of – I'm not saying gun crime would end because of that. Obviously, we would still have gun crime because we have 350 million guns. Many of them are illegal. Um, but it would definitely – I think it would, it, would, it would end it. I mean, we used to have hijackings. I mean, remember 70s and 80s, people used to take planes left and right to Cuba – and then, of course, 9-11. And then, you know, they took down airplanes with box cutters. And then that ended by getting very serious about security. Well, that's what and, I was about uh, to say. You look at the TSA, you look at all of that stuff. That, those, are, those are great points. But And how sad. Uh, you know, and your answer there, Norm, is very telling because it would work. I mean, that is like a mind-blowing answer, but I think it's a very honest answer. And why they would not want to have something that, quote, works and we have seen it time and time again sadly some of these shooters will be either talked afterwards or those who have put it in their manifestos if you will or all these other things or their diaries you hear them frequently say well i was looking for soft targets i was looking for places that didn't have an armed guard uh didn't have a police officer didn't have you know uh the cameras didn't have this they surveil they sort of know what are targets of opportunity so why not reduce all those things? Um, and the other thing that's kind of interesting about, you know, the marshals, as you know, a lot of them go undercover. You don't really know. You're not supposed to know. Sometimes you can clearly tell that's the marshal. He's right over there, the guy that looks like he's packing something. Hopefully that's the marshal, right? Um, but a lot of times, you you know, you're not supposed to know who it is. I think in schools maybe we want to have it obvious. Um, or But at least clearly something that sends a message, this is the wrong place. And guess what? If you get caught, there needs to be severe punishment, too, because a lot of these people are part of that revolving door before they ever get to this point. And why it, they didn't get stopped uh, is a family problem. It's a court's problem. It's a, there's a lot of reasons. And all of these things need to be looked at. And I think Democrats are incredibly naive to say, OK, we're going to stop guns, but keep schools wide open. That ain't going to work. Let's go to Sean. Line three. Sean, your thoughts. Liberal, I mean, uh, Rita, my dear, you're part of the problem. Why is that? Go ahead. I said, I told you last year, and you keep doing it. Well, forgive me. Uh, I don't remember last year, but go ahead, Sean. Unstable, mental, you throw those words around. They're criminals. 
They're not unstable. Oh, I see where you're going, Sean. In other words, you know, you you put them all under the criminal category is your point, right? I worked in the courtroom, Rita, for over 20 years. So, back, by the way, Sean, I'm glad to hear your background. So what do we need to do? Because you worked in the courtroom. You're right. Maybe I am being too kind. But some of them, quote, have not been convicted yet or charged yet why don't we call them pre-criminals how about for some of those but but do you see this repeat pattern that we're talking about over and over again sean rita it's not about you not being kind or being unkind you're being you're you're excusing it you're excusing it because you've been seeing it for so long and the courts excuse it liberals excuse it and they name it a name. It's nothing to do with mental or unstable. They're criminals, Rita. All right. And listen, I hear you, by the way, Sean. And you're, that's an interesting point. Maybe we have become. Although I don't think I'm making excuses for it. I'm saying we need to shine a bright light on it. And there are people who are troubled and clearly need to get help. But my solution, Sean, I'm kind of hardcore about this. If I think somebody is, a, of course, a threat to other people, they need to be taken into a place where they can be protected for themselves and other people. So I, I actually don't make excuses for them. Um, but I do agree with you that there are a lot of people out there that do, um, that seem to think, okay, well, they've got mental illness. Let's let them come back again or, or let's try to do something to help them. I mean, there are people that can be helped. And there are people that can be that have not, you know, that maybe have a mental illness, but are not necessarily a danger to others. And I think that that is something fair. I mean, maybe you've seen more than I have, Sean, because you've been right there in the courts. But there are people who have clearly have depression or mental illness. And it's not like they're going to pick up a gun and go suddenly to to a school or something like that or even do something to themselves. Hopefully not either, you know. Uh, so I, I do make a distinction there. But uh, I thought I was hardcore. But, Sean, you're harder core. Wow. We're going to continue with your calls after the break. Thank you, Sean. Call again. You're awesome. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And we are talking about what needs to be done to protect our kids. At schools and elsewhere, President Trump at the NRA a little bit ago saying it is not a gun problem, these mass shootings. It is a mental health problem, a social problem. Uh, By the way, in the next hour, we're also going to talk about this young guardsman. How the heck did this guy who's 21 years old get access to these intel documents? It's really stunning. And Biden's kind of like, ah, no big deal. Nothing to worry about there. Meantime... There are liberal commentators and others, by the way, that are coming out and basically saying that Trump could be in trouble for the classified documents that he had in Mar-a-Lago. But if you ask Biden, it's like nothing to see here on the 21-year-old guardsman that basically put all of our allies and adversaries in jeopardy. I mean, does that sound like hypocrisy to you? 1-800-848-9222-1-800-848. Nine two two two. Let's go to Teddy. Line four. Ted, your thoughts. Rita. Yep. Go ahead, Ted. 
Rita, I taught in New York City high school for 34 years. Oh, that's great. That's great. City University for 20 years. Great. All of my colleagues, when we have our chapter union meetings, not one teacher, and throughout the whole membership of New York City, the United Federation of Teachers, not one single teacher, even if they were trained, would want to carry any firearm. So, Ted, Ted, what about... As I suggested, what about like former cops or what about former veterans, uh, you know, former military folks um, who certainly have training? Um, what about having them to somehow be there, um, you know, sort of the eyes and ears to protect our kids? You were there as a teacher. What about those who are actually very well trained, uh, respect firearms, are super careful with it and certainly skilled? What are your thoughts? OK, let me respond. That is something constructive. Right now, we have security. We have uh, security officers. They do not carry weapons. You know, they're there for. The, we have the metal detectors. Right, they're there, but they don't. I I know they are. They're not. They do not carry weapons. What about that, though, Ted? Why Why do the Democrats not even want to talk about, like, say, a former cop? Uh, uh you know, a former military guy. Let me respond, Rita. I don't think it's just Democrats. I think you have Republican leadership also. It's not. They're not in favor of. Most of them are actually, Ted. Actually, most of them are. Most of them are. They most of, most of them say, you know what? That's not a bad idea. Uh, and you were there on the front lines. There is a teacher, which I think is such an incredibly noble profession. Don't you think it might help? It, it, it could. I'm not going to uh, say uh, rule it out completely. But you were talking about, and people, and Trump was talking about teachers also being armed. Okay, and that's. Right away, a no-brainer not to have it. And that's all I have to say about it. Well, Ted, I I appreciate it. And I appreciate, obviously, you being a teacher. And listen, you're there. But I'm glad that you are open to the idea, also at this time, of at least having veterans and at least having military and all of those. I mean, you got to look at everything. we got to protect our kids. You know all too well from your great experience there as a teacher how important it is. You want to have kids focused on learning, not worried about their safety. Parents, too. Teachers, too. All of that. Everybody deserves to be safe. We're going to continue your calls and a lot more after the break. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Well, I thought I've heard it all, uh, but I guess I haven't because now a liberal commentator who was on Mediate and he was on a podcast there um, and uh, it is called The Interview Podcast. This is a guy who's a New York Times columnist and also an attorney and his name is David French. And in this interview, he was talking about President Trump. And he was talking about the different charges and different cases and all these other things that are confronting President Trump right now. And he said that he believes um, that, you know, the case that was being brought by Trump in Manhattan by District Attorney Alvin Bragg appears weak. But he said these other cases and he was referring to Georgia. And then he said, especially maybe the classified documents case where the special counsel is looking into Those are the documents, remember, that were there at Mar-a-Lago that Trump says 
He had the ability to declassify that he says were under lock and key there. Again, Secret Service there and everything else. Um, Well, when French was asked about all of that, he basically said that these prosecutions could ultimately land Trump behind bars. And when he's asked about it, about the possibility of Trump serving time for classified documents there at Mar-a-Lago, he says that is hardly out of the question. In other words, that's an option. Are you kidding me? Over classified documents. That, to me, is a stunning case. But he's not the only one. Uh, In the last few hours, we also heard from Bill Barr, of course, Trump's former attorney general, And he also said the Bragg case he thought was weak, too. Uh, But he also says the document case, not necessarily about behind bars, but he also said it doesn't look good for Trump. Take a listen. This is the former attorney general. Remember, he had a big falling out with Trump. And, of course, he's on CNN saying this. So take a listen. Obviously, it's hard to get the testimony of people who are in direct contact with Trump and uh, potentially uh, their information, their evidence can be can be uh, crucial to making a case if there is one to be made. I've I've been a little skeptical about them able to establish a case on January 6th, but I don't know all the facts. I've said all along I think the more significant case or the one that appears to me to be uh, most threatening are the Mar-a-Lago document case. The Mar-a-Lago document case. And this guy, again, David French, taking it much further than Bill Barr saying that there could be even jail time, that we could see uh, Trump, uh, you know, in a striped suit or something like that over documents. Well, President Trump just a little bit ago at the NRA says all of this incoming, all these legal wrangling, all of it, he says, is all political and nothing is going to get him to back out of running for president, that he is in the race now and he's in it to win it. Take a listen, because he says he knows what this is all about. It's actually called election interference. That's all they want to do. I'll tell you what, if I weren't running, which isn't going to happen, or if I was doing badly in the polls, and we're not going to let that happen either, we're killing them in the polls. Are you seeing the numbers? They wouldn't be doing anything. They'd be after somebody else. They wouldn't be talking. But uh, we're going to show you some of the polls in a little while. You're going to be amazed. We really made a lot of progress over the last month. We put it into high gear. So they're saying the documents case and the Bragg case is being looked in, the Georgia case, the Letitia James case. Of course, Trump testified seven hours yesterday. I contend Biden could have only handled about seven seconds. You know, if you've seen the way he's handled the trip in Dublin, it's like a second grader asking him a question. and He's still having trouble with the answer there. That was like, imagine being in a deposition. What, what, what? I mean, oh, it is really scary. But President Biden Ironically, when he's asked about documents, and this to me is stunning, they're all saying, okay, well, the documents case now, because now they're realizing the Bragg case looks a little silly, that it's clearly a stretch. And we're going to talk later on in this hour, in fact, because there will be hearings next week in New York where Alvin Bragg's record on soft on criminals basically will be discussed very much by the Jim Jordan House Judiciary Committee. They're bringing the hearings to New York. Remember how they brought hearings to the border to try to shine a light on the problem on the border? Well, now they're bringing them to New York to talk about Alvin Bragg, and they're having people who have been either, you know, victims of crime or loved ones who were 
um, who can certainly talk about what they went through, including Jose Alba, the bodega guy, remember, who was unfairly charged with second-degree murder by Alvin Bragg until there was such a public outcry, and he was defending himself. I mean, he, to me, is the perfect person to be testifying about the screwball system in New York, right? But meantime, let's fast forward as we're talking about documents and all this other stuff. Joe Biden, the president, is over there in Ireland, and he's asked about this enormous leaker, this 21-year-old guardsman, remember, who got access to the documents, took the documents even home. What is a low-level National Guardsman having some of our top-secret stuff that really has endangered our allies and also created even more friction with adversaries around the world? What is he doing with access to all of this information? This is stunning. And so the White House, we heard from John Kirby, the spokesperson there for the National Security Council, came out and said, this is terrible. we got to get to the bottom of it. You know, we know now that they're charging this guy. They charge him with two counts today in federal court, one of them tied to espionage. That's a serious offense. Everyone's saying, how could this kid get access to it? He looked like he was a gamer, just kind of sharing it in a room. And the best that President Biden can do, this is a guy who really seems to care about classified documents. First off, remember, his documents were strewn all over all these different locations. Some of them dated back to when he was a senator, where you're never allowed to be removing a document. There was no justification. Also, vice president, that's a whole other thing, too. And then these other documents were found, remember, in the Corvette area, right near where Hunter was fixing the engine. I mean, you can't make it up. And that's great security, but no one's talking about Biden's classified documents debacle. It's so sad. I got to laugh. It's terrible. And then here is this horrible leak. It's one of the worst leaks in American history. And I think it has endangered our, you know, our covert uh, operatives who have been helping us, our allies who have been secretly, because you look at the documents, you figure who's been helping, maybe who gave this information. I mean, it's really frightening. This guy got access to it. And here is President Biden's reaction. Oh, I'm not really concerned. This, to me, is frightening. Are you concerned about the leak? Okay, guys, it's time to go. Let's go. we got to move. I'm not concerned about the leak. I'm concerned that it happened. But there's nothing contemporaneous that I'm aware of that is big consequence. Does that make anybody out there think that this is a guy who cares about security? I'm, I'm not really concerned. Are you kidding me? The White House has said how concerned this is, that this is horrible. His own White House clearly said this is very serious. I mean, John Kirby, I've never seen John Kirby so concerned. And this is a guy, I've known John Kirby a long time. He was at the Pentagon a long time. Now he's at the National Security Council. He was right out there basically saying this is a huge issue. I mean, they didn't mince words because they know how bad it is. The defense secretary said this is a huge. Anybody, a second grader would know how big of an issue this is. And yet, ah, I'm not really. And yet, wait a minute, they're talking about putting President Trump behind bars for documents that were locked up in Mar-a-Lago? This is nuts. So President Trump tonight at the NRA was saying, you know what, they're just coming after me because I will go after the deep state. I will go after the hypocrisy. And I will also, he said, protect your Second Amendment rights. I will stand firm on things that I believe in, and I will also protect our schools. I will think of different ways to protect schools, banks, all this stuff. And you can hear it even the way he was talking with his voice. We don't hear that from President Biden. I mean, all we hear is like, 
Let's just get rid of the guns. We have to do an assault weapons ban, but we won't make our schools prisons. I mean, is there something? This is like, it, it is really insane. And I would have a lot more, um, I guess, you know, appreciation for President Biden on his security stance if he didn't have a wide open border, if he didn't let the spy balloon go across America and then shoot it down. And if he wasn't, even on the gun issue, open to talking about everything. If he said, I'm willing to talk to people about adding, as I've been talking about these security guards, I'm willing to look at more cameras, metal detectors, have everything on the table because we have to protect our schools. It's like, no, no, no. That's why it is like a Democratic talking point, and that's why it's really sad. Because if you really want to fix, you're willing to look at all the different issues here. And that is an enormous mistake, not only for, you know, them politically, I think, but more importantly, much more importantly for our kids and protecting businesses, schools, because clearly we're having an epidemic. We're having so many of these shootings that are happening across the country, so many major issues with our security all over the country, whether it's the shootings, whether it's open borders. I mean, there are so many security breakdowns, and this president doesn't seem to want to talk to the root of the problem on any of them. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Joe. Line one, Joe, your thoughts about this. Hello, Rita, my love. I'm going to hit you with bombshells, and then, of course, you respond with your genius that you are. First of all, I believe in the Second Amendment. I respect it. But civilians should not have AK-47s. They should be in the hands of competent police and military. Also, let me tell you something about the HIPAA laws, the National Federal Laws to Protect Confidentiality Medical Records at the VA. It's a joke. They left the American Veterans Military Medical Records, VA records, on the sidewalk on open boxes. It happens every 13 years. Also, anyone with a VA ID can go into any American Veterans Medical Records. I've seen it, and I've seen some of the VA social workers make snide remarks about personal information. Well, and, and you know, and by the way, Joe, you bring up a great point um, that there is, and that is why there's always concern, too, about such sensitivity about somebody's history. Their, their whether, and especially, especially when you think about, as you're talking about with veterans, and you know I have such a soft spot for veterans, so you know how much I love you and appreciate you um, and all of our veterans across this country, um, because we can never say thank you enough. So many of them deal with post-traumatic stress and have problems like that. And so there are issues like that. And, I, and there is a sensitivity of getting into records. And you're right. Uh, when some of those records came out, I remember there was even a story recently about some of those records coming out and being exposed of the veterans. That was horrible. And I agree with you on that. Um, but I do think there's a distinction, Joe, in a case of somebody who has mental history where they have made uh, threats either to themselves or to others repeatedly um, and over and over and over again um, and a repeat pattern, especially when it's a young child or even when there is some activity of whether it's like an assault or or things that have taken it to where you absolutely have to be concerned. Don't you think, Joe? What are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. And also you made mention about the hypocrisy. Obama, Obama nation brought personal files home. Trump did it. Um, the bottom line is, you just said, at least uh, some of the comments, like uh, Mark Simone said, that he has Secret Service and his own private security of Mar-a-Lago. Nobody could get to those records. Yet Joe left them, brainless Joe, he left them in the, in the garage 
in Delaware with nobody on duty, and you just said where Hunter's uh, fixing the car. No, Hunter's there getting his next fix. He sold drugs in the military. He should have been dishonorably discharged, my love. He should have. Been, he should be doing life imprisonment because he compromised everyone on that U.S. ship. And, and, by, and by the way, also, um, getting back to, and you brought up Soda Hunter because of the whole Corvette thing. You know, Joe, I think about it. He also, the gun issues. Remember, there's there's a lot of questions with the gun. Remember, he, like, the gun was, like, dispersed, was it, like, in a back alleyway or something near a school or something? There was reports. I mean, there's there's some serious questions there, too. And that case is still ongoing. But no, no, no. Trump is the person who should be in jail for documents. Uh, the hypocrisy is ripe. Uh, Joe, I love you. Thank you very much. You have a great weekend. And everybody, we're going to continue with your calls after the break. Do you see the double standards? The left is talking, oh, Trump should be behind bars for keeping documents, basically where the Secret Service is and there's a safe in Mar-a-Lago. But you know what? If somebody lets the documents and all these top secret things go all over the country, not to worry. Biden's not worried about it. I don't even know if he knows what continent he's on. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And coming up in the next half hour here on the Rita Cosby Show as we take you into the weekend... Well, there is a war of words now going on, and we're going to talk about and take your calls on Alvin Bragg and others sort of firing back now at Jim Jordan. This has happened in the last few hours because next week, Jim Jordan on Monday is going to start hearings in New York, basically putting Alvin Bragg on trial, his investigation of Donald Trump on trial and his record of fighting crime, or lack thereof, on trial. So now we know that Jim Jordan has gone after Alvin Bragg and said, listen, you know, New York City's a mess. Uh, You have done nothing. You have all these repeat offenders, you know, back out on the street. In fact, they have reduced felonies uh, to misdemeanors by 52%. That is a big number. Think about the repercussions as we're talking about Even some of these shooters and mass shooters, often there's writing on the wall. They keep going back out, back out, and they get worse and worse and worse, which is why you don't want to have repeat offenders. It's obviously logical, but it also fits as we're talking about mass shootings, too, because often some of these people, not always, but often you can see the writing on the wall in their case. Uh, They've been arrested or there have been serious problems. That's why it's important to set them straight right away and at least let their families know or if they're adults Let them know whether it's prison time or whatever the case, but fix the problem. So in the last few hours, take a listen to this. Mayor Eric Adams was on CNN. And, of course, Jim Jordan has gone after Alvin Bragg and said, your city's a mess. It is crazy. Jim Jordan of Ohio uh, said, you know what? Alvin Bragg is a disaster. And now Mayor Eric Adams has fired back at Jim Jordan in defense of Alvin Bragg. Listen to this one. I just view it as this is simply a donation or contribution to the Trump campaign. 
Really ridiculous, particularly when you do an analysis of the congressional district of Jim Jordan, you'll see uh, that crime is actually higher in his district per capita. Uh, New York City, uh, crime is uh, really taking trending in the right direction. And by the way, Alvin Bragg also putting out a statement. Don't be fooled. The House GOP is coming to the safest big city in America for a political stunt. Is there anybody out there that thinks New York City is the safest big city in America? Do you feel safe in New York City and some of these other cities with soft on crime DAs? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jacqueline. Uh, Jacqueline, we've been talking about Trump at the NRA and crime and also how to stop, uh, obviously, some of these mass shootings. Your thoughts? Well, I think you and Norm both brought out some excellent points and some very good suggestions, a lot of which I agree with 100 percent. There are there are a lot of other things that can be done as well. Um, But the one thing I want to answer the question that you posed, which is why do you think that Joe Blow and the leftist are wanting? You mean Joe Biden, right? Joe Biden, right? Okay, that's the one also known as the buffoon in the Oval Office and Bozo the Clown. Um, he and the rest of his crew, let's say, wants to only focus on gun control because they want to take weapons out of the hands of the law-abiding citizen in the United States. And the whole reason we have uh, the right to bear arms is to protect us from a tyrannical government. And I have respect for, for uh, Joe. He was in the military. I have respect for police officers. But those who say a 21-year-old doesn't need an assault weapon or uh, some of the callers that say we don't need assault rifles, you don't need an assault rifle to go hunting, they don't even know what an assault rifle is. No, you're right. A lot of people don't understand what it is exactly. They don't even know what AR-15 stands for. The AR part, you're right. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's the Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Hero segment, which I love doing every night here on the show, where, of course, we honor our great military and their families, a beautiful story coming from Rock Hill, South Carolina. I've been to Rock Hill. I used to work in Charlotte, North Carolina, so I know Rock Hill well. It's beautiful. And it is where Congressman Ralph Norman sponsored legislation in the House of Representatives to authorize the president to award the Medal of Honor to one of the most decorated Marines in force reconnaissance history. Major James Capers is the recipient of a Silver Star, two Bronze Star with V for Valor, and also three Purple Hearts. He was honored at an American Legion post where he also this week spoke about his time in the Vietnam War. 
He said, I've still got metal in me from gunshot wounds, mines, or whatever it is. Wow. But I got it done. I learned to walk again. I learned to swim again. And I certainly was never going to quit. Amazing. Uh, By the way, he also said, it's frightening to think I was shot 19 times. Uh, But also, he said that I kept going back out. What an amazing story. Um, And again, um, he is certainly one of the most heralded folks from Vietnam and Congressman Ralph Norman of South Carolina sponsoring this legislation to award him the Medal of Honor. And boy, uh, let's hope all that goes through and that we get to see him there at the Oval at the White House and being honored for his heroism. Imagine shot 19 times and still saying he would never, ever quit and also saying he was so proud of his service and would do it all over again. What a great, great American and true American hero. And, of course, to all of our great Vietnam veterans, we love you. We appreciate you here on the Rita Cosby Show. And welcome home. We can never say thank you enough. Well, of course, you guys know I am very big on law and order. And it's going to be interesting because next week, Jim Jordan, who's head of the House Judiciary Committee, of course, he says there are serious questions about the way that Alvin Bragg has decided to look into President Trump. Now we know that he got that 34-count, criminal count, felonies against the former president, the first time in American history. And even a lot of liberal commentators, many of them, most of them for the most part, I think I've only seen one or two others, but for the most part, most of them have said it is a stretch. It's a weak case uh, that there seems to be some you know, targeting, that this case is thin. Even CNN said they were underwhelmed when the indictment came out. So Jim Jordan says he wants to look into this. He said it is bona fide that we look into this, that there are some federal funds used, that Congress has oversight, all these different reasons. And so, so far, most of the request to have Bragg testify or to have his former district attorney who's in that office there, one of the uh, other DAs who's in the office, one of the assistant DAs, Mark Pomerantz, who used to work there, then wrote a book questioning why at that point charges hadn't come from Bragg. A lot of people think it might have put pressure on Bragg uh, to actually come out and then do charges, force charges, that maybe it was like an embarrassment. So there's a lot of questions there. And certainly I would think especially the guy who's no longer in the office would certainly have to testify. I also think Bragg should, too. If there's nothing to hide, come out, show the American public. It's the first time going after a former president in American history, don't you think? Put it all out there on the table so everybody feels like you understand why you did the case. So we have some sense of it all. I think it's actually, I think it's extenuating circumstances. For sure, you should go out there. And then, of course, everybody spotlights, we've talked about it on the show, the fact that Alvin Bragg has reduced serious crimes to misdemeanors. By a huge margin compared to his predecessor, Cy Vance, who was the DA before him. And there are so many cases over and over and over again of where people felt that Alvin Bragg was soft on crime. How about the Jose Alba case? Where, remember the bodega worker who was protecting his bodega? The guy jumps behind the counter, comes behind the counters, lunging at him. You know, and then Jose Alba defends himself 
the guy is killed. It was like kill or be killed, it looked like. I mean, if you see the video, it's right there on videotape. And guess what happens? The poor guy from Dominican Republic gets charged with second-degree murder for defending himself. You see it on surveillance video. There's no gray. And it was only until there was public pressure that Alvin Bragg dropped the case against him. It was so bad that Jose Alba left America and went back to Dominican Republic because he said, I've had it with this American justice system. Well, guess what? Jose Alba is going to have his day in court. He is coming next week. And he is going to be part of this Jim Jordan hearing, testifying about what he experienced and what he thinks of Alvin Bragg's justice in New York. And someone else who will also testify is this woman, Madeline Brom. And she is the mother of a U.S. Army veteran. And she has railed against Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg, uh, calling the soft-on-crime DA not fit to be a dog catcher, she said, quote, for his handling of her son's slaying. She says, and she will testify next week at this Jim Jordan hearing, quote, as soon as Alvin Bragg's office received the case, the whole case fell apart. I would say to Alvin Bragg, until he has to go to the morgue to identify his child's dead body or stand in the funeral parlor and lean over their caskets and see their child laying in the casket, he will never understand. And for him to take it so lightly, he is in the wrong business, coming from a mother who lost her son. And she says Alvin Bragg went so light on the killer of her son. Within months of taking office, he gave basically the killer a slap on the wrist. And that's why she said, quote, Alvin Bragg is, quote, not fit to be a dog catcher, let alone an elected official. Wow, that is a powerful statement from a mother whose son was killed. And she feels Alvin Bragg went so soft on the killer. And here is Al D'Amato, former New York senator, the senior senator for many, many years. We had him on the show earlier today on Cats and Cosby at 5 p.m. on WABC Radio. You can also listen to it, by the way, on WABCRadio.com. It is the number one show in New York. And John Katsimatidis, who is awesome, who is the owner-operator of Red Apple Media, uh, of course, my awesome co-host on the show. And today we talked to Al D'Amato, and this is how he described Alvin Bragg. Take a listen to this. And to spend the time, the energy, and the money that he did to go after Trump, and with that best is a shaky, shaky case, and it takes him so long. And his predecessor, who was a great district attorney, Cyrus Vance, refuses to go after him. This is just nonsense. He is a political hatchet man, and and he deserves the disrespect that the community whole at large holds him in. And the the ultra-left wing wants to keep him in there as the chief law enforcement officer of Manhattan. Then they deserve all of the nonsense and the crime that they are getting. And here's a little bit more from the fiery former New York Senator Al D'Amato. It doesn't take away any statement that his office makes that he has been lax, uh, that at one point he charges the poor guy who was attacked in the deli uh, with attempted murder. I, I, I mean, incredible when the guy himself was attacked and almost died. Um, just, just amazing. 
and and he lets criminals out, uh, uh, doesn't hold them on bail uh, when he can. Um, just uh, he is a disgrace. Wow, how do you really feel, Aldebato? He never holds anything back. And by the way, you guys know I do a podcast every week. It's called Protecting America. We just put up a new one. You got to check it out. It's on my Twitter, at Rita Cosby. And we put the full episode, or you can get it wherever you download podcasts. Um, Again, it's called Protecting America. And the latest one I just did, I had a fascinating discussion with Jesse Banal. He is a Trump attorney. And Jesse, I asked him, what does he think of Alvin Bragg? Because what's going on now is there's this sort of legal wrangling. Jim Jordan has said, I would like, you know, of course, Alvin Bragg to testify to explain why he's doing these charges against Trump, why it's all Trump, Trump, Trump. And remember, he campaigned on going after Trump and yet at the same time is going soft on many other criminals, as we just heard from that mother um, and from other people who have seen it time and time again. So explain why you spent all this money and time on Trump versus going after real criminals in New York. It's a valid question. But so far, Alvin Bragg feels like he doesn't have to reply to Congress. He doesn't have to answer to anybody. And in fact, again, today he put out this statement saying, quote, don't be fooled. The House GOP is coming to the safest big city in America for a political stunt. That's what he thinks of Jim Jordan's hearings, which are going to make a lot of headlines when he comes to New York on Monday. And so Jesse Bunnell in this podcast, the Trump attorney, said that he thinks that ultimately Bragg will have to testify whether he wants to or not, because he does believe that Congress has jurisdiction. Take a listen to what he told me. Here's a little sample. Bragg's arrogance, just absolute arrogance that he thinks he is above the law and he does not have to uh, give testimony, give information to Congress, even though he takes federal money, is disgusting and, and without basis in law. Congress has the power to appropriate, and Congress has appropriated money to Alvin Bragg's office. That obviously should stop. Yeah, and it wasn't a lot of money, according to Bragg, but it was some money. And so since they do have the oversight to decide appropriations and some federal money, all of that is justification. Really interesting points. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. We are talking about that and, of course, crime in America and, of course, Trump's comments to the NRA. 1-800-848-9222, one 848 Let's go to Stan, line five. Go ahead, Stan, your thoughts. Good evening, good evening. Uh, I'm going to say something that I don't think anyone has said yet in this situation. And you know I've been consistent. I don't think he has a case. I think it's – I'm not a big fan of this guy. But the underlining thing that no one talks about is race in this situation. Where? where? I just – I'm trying to understand. Where where are you going with this? I'm going exactly where I'm going. I'm not a fan of Bragg. I'm not a fan of him at all. But on his side, it's about getting even to the white man. I'm talking from that side and so forth. I mean, him, Tish James. Wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. I'm, I'm confused, Dan. You believe that he's motivated because what, to get to the white man? That's what you think? That's what Brad's, Bragg's objective is? Is that where you're going? I'm... Well, here's the point. 
the crimes, as you said, he's lowered misdemeanors and everything like that to make things less. And the majority of the criminals are people of color. So there is some kind of idea in there in his head as well to make things a little better and rather than do it and give people of color a better shot and so forth. This has been going on for a long time. I'm not making this up. This isn't anything new. No, And, and Stan, by the way, I hear you on the point that I do think in his mind there is obviously uh, he believes racial injustice. And there probably is something in his mind about creating a, quote, more equitable system. That's not what justice should be colorblind. Justice should treat everybody equal. And I'm for treating, obviously, everybody equal. Uh, it doesn't matter, you know, what their uh, their color is, uh, their skin tone. Good people are good people. Uh, it doesn't matter, you know, um, bad or bad. Um, but um, I don't know if I buy that, oh, he's going, like, he's going. I don't see where he's thinking I'm going after Trump because he's white. I think he's thinking um, he's the, you know, Democrats' political nemesis. He's clearly said, look, I mean, he campaigned on going after Trump and said, no, you know, in the campaign. I mean, he literally said it, that my priority not was going, you know, after this crime on the streets of New York. My priority was going after Trump. I just think he can't stand Trump um, and can't stand, you know, like a lot of Democrats can't stand Trump. You know, uh, I think he has Trumpitis. Um, and you've been guilty of that, too, Stan, a number of times. You've had Trumpitis, too. You've had the orange man bad. I don't think it's because of race. I just think you just don't like Trump. And, and I, I'm, I'm not sure if, if, if the color has to do with it. What are your thoughts? I mean, do you really think that that's why Bragg's going after Trump, Stan? Uh, well, I, you know, in the history, it's, let's get the man. And he, it, Trump is the man. I think there's a little of that there, too. You know, and that, it's all, I think let's get the man. This well, is the well, guy, well, 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 by the way, Stan, one of the things uh, on the flip side that Trump was saying um, in the interview this week, it was a wild comment. I mean, he and it, it has some merit, I, uh, not racial issues, but he said they're going after me Soviet style. Like, you know, uh, the Stalin would say, show me the man and I'll show you the crime. <laughs> that's what Trump basically said. <laughs> not to do with race. That That's the old Stalin technique. That's a little different. But uh, but I'm doing a spinoff of you. Stan, I love you. You have a good weekend. And everybody, I'll continue with your calls. 1-800-848-9222. You got to bring in Stalin on a Friday night. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And by the way, I can't wait. Next week, Jim Jordan's hearings are coming to the Big Apple, and it is going to be wild. Will it be like a Big Apple circus, or will it be something of substance? Alvin Bragg says it's one big political stunt, uh, but Jim Jordan has some interesting facts on his side in terms of Alvin Bragg's record on crime and also why did he go after Trump. And I also think it will be really powerful to hear from these people who will be testifying, a variety of people who will be talking about their own circumstances of what happened and also just the repeat offenders that have been frequently let out on the streets of New York. And often we have seen it time and time again. We were talking about even some of these mass shootings and frequently you just see the track record of these individuals over and over and over again. Um, and you see where this is headed, and why would you ever cut some of these people a break? At some point, you have to teach people a lesson that crime does not pay, 
and that there will be severe circumstances. And they have to be afraid to go before a district attorney. They can't be saying, oh, good, uh, I got Alvin Bragg. I'm going to have a good one. How about the guy in uh, L.A., George Gascon? Uh, I remember we talked on the show about one of these guys in Los Angeles. He's a gang member, and he was overheard on a phone call bragging to somebody how excited he was uh, that he was going before Gascon because he's like, oh, that guy's a hero because he always basically gives us a free pass, and he put a, a tattoo with George Gascon's name on it. I mean, is that something to be proud of? You're a district attorney. You are not a public defender. You are a district attorney, and you've got gang leaders saying, God, that guy is easy peasy. That guy is soft on crime. I'm going to get a tattoo uh, on my face or my neck bragging about how uh, I'm going before Gascon. That means I get an easy pass. That was the real thing. That was a gang member in L.A. Very similar philosophy to what we're seeing in New York with Alvin Bragg. So, boy, I can't wait. I think it is going to be explosive, these hearings, and I cannot wait to watch them next week. And I can't wait to hear Jose Alba's side of the story. We've never really heard from him. What was he thinking when that guy came behind the counter and he realized he had to protect himself? If you see the video, it's scary as heck. The guy's really big. Here's a little Jose Alba behind the counter, and he's telling him to basically go leave and the whole thing that started was because apparently his girlfriend didn't want to pay for some of the food that she had taken and the guy was upset and then he came behind the counter and like was lunging at him and blocking him in and attacking him and hitting him and all that other stuff and what jose alba under bragg's justice system is supposed to say uh great keep hitting me i can't do anything i mean is that does that sound like any sort of sense of justice what kind of individual would just sit there and take it I mean, it's just it is an unbelievable system. And I cannot wait to hear at least Jose Alba's side and to hear what he experienced, what he thinks of American justice. Uh, It may not be pretty. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to John in Pennsylvania, line five. John, your thoughts about all of this. I think Pelosi's got so much to do with this. She she just hates Trump so bad. She's going any direction to get him out away from the election. Pelosi actually tried to kill her own husband just for a sympathy vote. Wait, wait, wait. Why do you think? Now, John, that's a little crazy here. I mean, there's a couple things that are crazy, but uh, I don't think she wanted her husband killed. Uh, I don't. There's no basis for that. And in fact, by the way, on the videotape, uh, I'm not always defending Nancy Pelosi, but I will defend the facts here. On the videotape, you see the guy breaking into the house. Uh, in the Pelosi house, in the Paul Pelosi house. I mean, there's not really any gray there. But uh, interesting call, nonetheless. Not factually accurate, but interesting. Let's go to you, Larry. Give me some sense. Line three. Listen, the one-time stand uh, made some sense. He tried to uh, dampen his uh, his talk. Look, uh, it obviously is about race, uh, Rita, and you, you know, being politically correct just leaves us <clears throat> bereft of motive. We need to ascribe motive to Alvin Bragg. Jose Alba's skin was not exactly black, okay? And obviously, he's helping he's helping black people, okay? It's obvious. So let's not. But uh, but but, they- but hang on, Larry. Hold on a second. He also felt that there was a black white issue in terms of why Alvin Bragg was going after Trump. I contend he just hates Trump. 
uh, no matter whatever his skin color is. I mean, I think if if the same personality was Tim Scott, uh, who formed an exploratory committee as an African-American conservative, I just think Alvin Bragg just doesn't clearly like Trump. He represents, you know, sort of, uh, you know, I don't care what the Democrats do. I'm going for it. You know, he's clearly a threat to them. Um, even though they say, oh, it'll be an easy piece of cake against Biden and Trump, uh, I don't think so. I think, you know, I think it'll be a tight race, and Trump says he's not going anywhere. So Democrats, don't underestimate him. 